Murphy, international writing expert, author and life coach. And today we have a very special guest. It is Serena Gay. She is a podcast producer and a podcast host who coaches women business owners to start their own podcast. She lives in Cheltenham, UK with her family. She has worked as a radio journalist for BBC World Service. She has lived in Germany for 20 years and built a successful tourism business with her husband. Back in the UK, Serena Gay reinvented herself as a voiceover artist and founded her own company named Made For You Podcasts. And last but not least, Serena is also a judge for the British Podcast Awards. Welcome, dear Serena. I'm so excited <laughs> to have you here. Hello, Esther. Well, it's my very great pleasure to be with you. And I'm so admiring of your work on the writing front and what you're doing to help people discover their inner author. I, uh, I've learned a lot from you and uh, it's, it's a great pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. So, Serena, I'd like to jump right into your personal story. So, what has been your turning moment in your life? Well, huh, that's quite a tricky one, isn't it? Because I'm, I'm no spring chicken. So, I suppose it's probably fair to say that I've had many turning points in my life. And, uh, I mean, perhaps just to mention a couple, who's the decision that my new husband and I took many years ago to go and live in Germany. This was just after the wall fell. We decided that we just wanted to go and experience history in the making. But that turned out to be such an important turning point because we ended up living there 20 years, running our own business. Um, I worked simultaneously for the German broadcasting company Deutsche Welle. We had our children, we, we bought a house, we, we really made a life there. And so the decision to go was a real turning point. But then um, the, the next, I suppose, really big turning point coming back to the UK and having to start again. So, and that was really tough, actually. That was a really difficult time for me personally, because I found that uh, suddenly I was no longer, there was no longer a place for me in the job market, in broadcasting. Mm -hmm. So there mm -hmm. I, I really had to, um, I, I had to find a new way to, to make money and to be able to identify myself. So that was, yeah, that was a big turning mm -hmm. point for me. And I perhaps the last mm -hmm. turning point that's worth mentioning here is my decision to go into business for myself and uh, become a podcast <laughs> launch consultant. Wow. And how did you come to this decision that you launch your own well, entrepreneurship? What made you do that? Well, you know, there are always there are always lots of different reasons, aren't there, as to why you you take a big decision in life. But it came at the right moment. My husband's venture wasn't doing very well. We weren't really earning enough money. We'd been back in this country for a few years. I was managing to get by myself. I was doing some freelance writing work and also doing some doing a lot of voiceover work. So I was keeping my recording skills going and learning lots of new ones. But I didn't really feel fulfilled in any way. And so the, the moment came when I felt, you know what, my husband has had his moment in the sun. Now, I think I could have mm -hmm. my moment in the sun. 
um, I could do my own yes. thing. Yeah, I could do my own thing. But but oh my goodness, this is going to require me to learn a whole new series of skills and venture into an unknown situation. So I'd kind of been putting off going into podcasting for a while, although I knew that I really ought to because I had the the, the <laughs> I had the the, the exact exact combination of skills that were required for required for it but it still it still took a, a certain kind of bravery i think to 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 get to get mm. stuck in may i ask what was your biggest fear when you started out i think really okay my biggest fear was this so i'm now in my early 60s when i launched made for you podcasts i was in my late 50s and i I looked at podcasting as being something that was mainly a young person's game. Mm. And I really felt deep down, nobody is going to take me seriously. I'm an old woman. Well, not really, but, you know, I'm an older woman. And, you know, nobody's going to take me seriously. Nobody's going to believe that I can do this um, because it's what young people do, right? So I suppose my fear was um, there was a certain sense of the imposter syndrome, although I knew I knew that I had tremendous expertise to give. I'm really confident about that. But I felt that people's understanding or perception of me in the marketplace would be skewed by the fact that I was older than the average mm. podcaster. So that was, I suppose, my biggest fear was how was I going to overcome that? Yeah. So that's how I started out then, Esther. Wow. And how did you overcome this fear? I mean, what well, would you recommend others when they <laughs> want to start out? How to overcome? How to do the first step? I'm laughing. I'm laughing <laughs> because, because I think it all boils down to my personal sense of what we call in this country bloody-mindedness. I don't know if that's a phrase that that means anything to you, Esther, but it's kind of Tell like, me. okay, it, it kind of means, well, sod the lot of them, you know, it's like, I'm going to do this anyway, no matter what. I think the reason I feel this way, and it is a gift of age, and, and this is where people who've lived a bit have have the upper hand over younger people, and it's a strength, it really is, because because we know what we're capable of. We've, we've seen what goes on in the world. We've seen how people bluff right, left and center to pretend that they are something that they're not. We know, because we're older, that we really do have something precious to give people. And so why should we hold ourselves back? So I think that's where my bloody mindedness came into it. I, I, I sort of felt... Hey, you know, I have something to give. So yeah. so why why shouldn't I just get on with it and do it? And anyway, I'm, you know, I haven't got that many more years to go, right, before I really ought to be staggering off into, into retirement. But I've got loads of energy and loads of get up and go. And and I love doing what I'm doing. I love working in the recording world. Mm. Um, I love interviewing people. And, and I love everything to do with the podcasting sphere. And so I just sort of thought, no, I'm just not going to let anyone put me down or I'm not going to let my own imposter syndrome get in the way yeah. and I think the other thing also is it, it is a mindset question it, you have to ask yourself who is making you feel fearful about about your own ability to be a success and and, and if you look at the people 
who who you perhaps for some reason harbor a fear of or you harbor a fear of their opinion of you look at those people a bit more closely and just see you know what their strengths and weaknesses are and i think you will realize that that they're no better than anybody else you know mm. and and that 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 you frankly have something to give and you know you you can ignore their opinion of you it's just not relevant what what is relevant is is how you feel about yourself and and you will only feel good about yourself if you actually achieve something so so that's my modus operandi esther that's how i get through thank you so much that it's beautiful how you turned in how you started out so let's maybe go into a few details sometimes there are days you don't feel like that you want to do it or so what does help you i mean you had so many different hats on and what does help you when you maybe feel your energy is a little bit low and so what do you do with yourself <laughs> well if i feel my energy is a bit a bit low esther i go and lie down on my sofa and i have 15 minutes sleep and just i'm not kidding just 15 minutes i set my alarm and then when i wake up um and i do fall asleep uh i feel much better and refreshed and i feel my energies are renewed but i mean in terms of psychologically Mm-hmm. I think if if I feel that I'm flagging a bit and that things aren't going my way then I might I might give myself a little break I might go off and just do something that I like doing to to renew my uh, enjoyment in life um but I am also driven by the sense that time is going on I've already mentioned that and that I want to achieve something I want to I've I've set out on this solo venture and I want it to succeed so so I have to look back at the end of each day and feel I did something today I've ticked off something on my list and and then I go to sleep feeling good about myself mm. and I think that's what it is it's in, an incremental progression towards my ultimate goal so if i feel a bit low if i feel oh things aren't going my way i just remind myself that i have a, an ambition here and that mm. if i want to do it i have to get on with yeah. it do you have a special morning or evening routine you talked about how you close your day is there a special routine you you close your day with Do you know I think it might be my Irish background Esther I don't know if you know much about the Irish but they're very laid back kind of people tell me <laughs> they really are they really are I love the Irish uh, and on all, um, many of my friends are Irish and I think they've kind I've inherited a kind of of an inability actually to set a a reliable routine um I I I'm I'm quite a spontaneous person so I might get up in the morning and say you know what I think I'll go for my walk now <laughs> because i feel like it um or i might go down uh, in my pajamas and do some work at my laptop um or i might i might have a really long shower because i just feel like it so i'm not a routine person i'm really not but um i suppose when it comes to the end of the day i tend to stop working at around seven 
because that's when I, I then go into the kitchen and do what I love doing every day. And that's preparing an evening meal for my family. That's a re- that is that is a routine. And oh. I do love doing that. But as I close down at the end of my day, I do like to look at my diary, see what's coming up the following day and mm-hmm. tick, tick off the list that I made when I sat down at my desk, whenever it was, be it at 30 in the morning or 8 or possibly 9.30 in the morning, I make a list of the things that I want to do that day. And I'll, you know, I'll look at that list. Hopefully I'll tick off a whole load of things. So I feel that I complete my day at my desk and mm-hmm. and, and and exit from my office feeling, yes, you know, I've made progress. I've done what I needed to do today. So yeah, I guess that's wow. my routine. Are you a routine yeah. person, Esther? Yeah, how important is to is it to have this routine? I I always start my journey with meditation and journaling and I always close my day with writing down what how I want my other day shall be. So the vision for my next day. So that's wow. my routine. Cuz I love how how you do the things you like and if you feel like going for a walk you go for a walk that's that's great as well isn't it (laughs) well each one to their own right I mean you know you 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 end up leading your life the way it works for you but I'm very impressed that you you are so structured in your routine on a daily basis and, and that you do meditation I I only do meditation um I forget actually that I do it when I'm feeling really overcome with when I feel overburdened or if 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 I have a real worry at the back of my mind about a member of my family or something then I do a spot of, of meditating I yeah I should have mentioned that earlier on but I just find 10 minutes of meditation is enough and it's incredible yeah. how it calms me and it seems to set my brain with rhythms into a completely new pattern. And and it's a brilliant thing to do. And so I, I highly recommend it. And I'm glad that you do it. Yeah. And when you look back now, Serena, what would you recommend to someone who starts out, who starts out maybe with a podcast? What would you recommend to a younger person or maybe to your younger self? Well, if, if I was talking to my younger self, getting into podcasting at an earlier phase, I think I'd say that you need to be very clear on who your target audience is uh, mm-hmm. right, from the, right from the word go. Mm-hmm. And that you need to connect with that target audience early on and make them feel part of your tribe. Mm-hmm. So, and I think I would also recommend that I really understand about marketing and not just marketing from the point of view of my podcast but just the whole science or the whole art or the whole practice of marketing which was actually a bit of a closed book to me I think until quite recently when well we both met didn't we on Amy Porterfield's um, DCA course and I learned so much because my background I think a bit like yours is more is more journalism and I, we, I have run businesses with my husband using my PR and journalism skills and organizational skills as opposed to marketing. And I think I wish I had known more about marketing and its importance and its basic structure right at the very start. So my advice would be 
go out and get yourself a marketing and yeah yeah right go and get yourself a marketing qualification or just really really study it because I think marketing is more important than anything else I really do okay what was your aha moment in marketing so my aha moment I listen to different podcasts that are to do with marketing And I listened to one in particular that's from an Australian young woman um, who is a, a, really a marketing guru for me. Uh, she, I mean, there must be decades in between our ages, but, but she really knows what she's doing. And I remember her saying that it's not, you don't really need to have your digital product completed before you launch it. Because it's much more important to find your market for buying it than it is to have all the details prepared in mm. advance. And that to me was was really revelatory. I, I had the expectation that I would have to have all my materials for my courses, you know, ready and, and waiting before I ever mm. tried to market it. And it has been really useful for me to know that the important thing is to find your market and find your buyers because you know you've already got the bank of information in your head right but putting it into pdfs or videos or or podcasts or whatever can wait until you know that you've got people who want to buy it from you and until perhaps you've asked them where they're at in their uh, progression and what they want to know from you so yeah that was that mm. was revelatory as i say Mm, thank you for sharing this. So going back to podcast, how can you find your audience or what, what would you recommend? Well, there are all sorts of different ways to find your audience. But um, I mean, once your podcast is launched, you want to be getting out there and talking about it. So you want to be going and, for example, getting interviewed on other people's podcasts. That's a really great way of promoting your podcast and mine, by the way. <laughs> well, I have several. I have several, but my... Tell me. Um, yeah, I think the one that's most useful for people who are interested in launching their own podcasts, undoubtedly, is podcast launch pad and that's really full of tips and tricks for people who want to launch their own business podcast and who really are new to the whole game and don't know where to start so it's very short um episodes and you know you can you can binge listen while you're out gardening or walking the dog mm. or cooking what what i do is i borrow other people's audiences by volunteering to go and to speak to them about my area of expertise so I have got lined up podcasts that I will be interviewed on and uh, groups that I will address uh, probably at the moment digitally you know virtually because of the pandemic for example there are art groups out there uh, full of artists who are interested perhaps in producing their own podcasts I'm going to be talking to two different groups of artists in over the next few weeks mm. i'm going to explain to them how a podcast can work for them and how you know how to do it i talk to business groups all the time about podcasting and how it would, would work for them i'm going to be talking to a book a group that are members of a self-publishing organization so authors i'm going to be talking to them in a few weeks time so i'm constantly really putting myself out there to let people know what I do and how I do it and why it could be useful to them. So that's what I recommend is, is putting yourself out there and making the biggest noise about yourself that you can. Yeah. So putting 
yourself out. Yeah, that's the thing <laughs> you're doing and you're recommending doing. So it's amazing how you started out so late in your career. <laughs> so <laughs> what is one important lesson you've learned also You've been in Germany, you had another business. What's the important lesson you've learned and you'd like to share with our audience today, Serena? Gosh, that's a really hard question to answer because mm. I think that, you know, as you get older, you learn so many different lessons. Mm. But I think maybe I've got two that one on the business side and one on the personal side. So, and I, it's a kind of sad one this uh, on the business side is that I think that that something I learned early on and that has come back to kind of not haunt me but it, it comes up again and again is that is that people will let you down now I, I'm sorry to be sort of strike a negative note here but I think it's a really important lesson to learn is that you know some people you can trust 100% but some people will let you down and they will let you down badly. And that has happened to me. And I think you, from that, you become a much better judge of character. And uh, in, in a way, it's important that it should happen because not everybody is going to be reliable, right? And, and you need to learn to be able to cope with, if that happens, then where do you turn? You know, you've got to be flexible. If, mm -hmm. if somebody promises you that they're going to deliver something or that they're going to work with you and, and then they change their minds, then you have to be able to cope with that. It may come as a personal blow. And, and I definitely have experienced that. But you've got to have the resilience to, to come back from it and, you know, find the inner strength to move on. It, it happens to everybody. Everybody will be let down at some point in their careers. And, um, and, and I think that that, yeah, that is the, the lesson here is to, to understand how you can bounce back from it. Hmm. But I think on a personal level, an important, really important lesson that I learned has been to be able to make compromises, to be able to understand what makes people tick, And not to expect that people will always, you know, come up to your expectations. I mean, you are not perfect. I am not perfect. You know, people, I'm sure people have to make plenty of compromises to, uh, to live or work with me. And, um, and, and so then I should be prepared to do it for other people. So don't, don't expect perfection. Be, be ready to alter your expectations and, and you know, move with it. That, that, I suppose, is, is okay. are two lessons, two lessons yeah. that, I can, that I can convey. I'm just curious, what was your greatest compromise you did in, in your life, just to end the story? Gosh, that's, that's probably going a bit, a bit <laughs> into the personal. But I think probably maybe when I was in my 20s, I had, I had very high expectations of what would be suitable for a lifelong partner and and that as as I grew a bit older and I I realized you know how people would have to make a compromise to live with me that I should make compromises to live with other people you know to live with my chosen partner 
And, and I think that that has stood me in great stead. You know, being able to love somebody for their strengths and accept their weaknesses or the things that I don't like about them. Just to be able to see that actually that doesn't matter very much, what I don't like about them. What matters is what I do like about them. I suppose that's how it's trans translated practically for me is into my personal relationships. Hmm. So thank you so much for sharing also your very personal insights. Um, <laughs> where can people reach you, Serena? What's the best? If people want to personally contact me, and I love talking to people about podcasting. And in fact, I do a free 15-minute chat about podcasting. To do that is simply to email me. My email is Serena, that's S for sugar, E-R-E-N-A, at made for you and the four is a numeral and the u is a lowercase letter made for you one word hyphen podcasts.co.uk i also um, recommend that you listen to my podcast podcast launchpad and i run a facebook group called podcasting blueprint for women business owners you could come if you were planning on launching a podcast sometime in the future And there you can ask the group questions and and I do trainings and I talk to people about stuff. So that's quite a useful forum. Super. Thank you so much, Serena. And it has a been pleasure. terrific to be with you. And, Thank and you. it's been my pleasure. It's been my pleasure. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Mm -hmm.